Welcome to Dear Alice, a lifestyle approach to interior design. First, a word from our supporter, Hunter Douglas, who doesn't love to live well? To be perfectly at ease in comfort and style, Hunter Douglas can help you do just that with their innovative window shade designs, gorgeous fabrics, and control systems so advanced that they can be scheduled to automatically adjust to their optimal position throughout the day. And right now, for a limited time, you can take advantage of generous rebate savings opportunities on select styles. Visit HunterDouglas.com slash DearAlice for details. That's HunterDouglas.com slash DearAlice. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Dear Alice. Today, we have a really special guest. We've got Paloma Contreras, who's an award-winning interior designer and tastemaker based in Houston, Texas. Paloma's design is a modern take on traditional style, gravitating toward classic silhouettes and timeless pieces, paired with a touch of glamour and an infusion of color. Um, Paloma is highly decorated when it comes to being a designer. She's been uh, the next wave interior designer by House Beautiful, has been named Lux Magazines. Uh, she's their, on their gold list. And she's also been named number four on Forbes' list of the top social media influencers in the home category. And so much more. Oh, and let's not forget the El Decor A-list, which is so mage. Um, we are also interior designers, and we applaud you for all your efforts. <laughs> um, thank you, Paloma, for coming. We're so excited to have you on. Hi, ladies. Thanks so much for having me. Thank you for the kind words. Of course. Well, um, we are so excited. Um, we know that you also have a store in Houston. Is that right? I do. I opened my store back in 2019. And so we started with a brick and mortar showroom here in town. And um, about six months in, realized that more than half of our business was coming from Instagram. And so we launched an e-commerce website and thank goodness we did because right. that happened before the pandemic. And I'm sure as you've experienced, you know, having that e-commerce presence was a big game changer and obviously um, a real source of growth, particularly over 2020 and 2021, as people were frantically shopping for their homes and um, stuck at home. So hyper-focusing on everything that they didn't like about their current environment. So it was really good for business um, having that e-commerce channel. But yeah, that's been about three three years now, three and a half years. It's crazy how quickly time flies. Amazing. And tell them again what the name of your, your store is so they can check it oh, out. Oh, sorry. Sure. It's Paloma and Co. And we're shoppalomaandco.com or shoppalomaandco on Instagram. Awesome. Thank you. And also Paloma has a book, which I was lucky enough to receive a copy of. It's called Dream Design Live. And that came out in 2018. Yes. Um, so that was my first book. And it really is sort of um, a hardworking little book. I wanted the book to be filled with a lot of tangible design advice and valuable takeaways. A lot of my audience is also filled with design enthusiasts as well as professional designers, of course, but um, maybe people who want to take a stab at designing their homes on their own or, you know, can't work with a designer for whatever reason. Um, so 
I, you know, I, I set out to write a book that was a little bit more didactic and had a lot of meat to it. It was just filled with pretty mm-hmm. pictures. So essentially it's broken up into three categories. The dream category is all about tapping into one's inspiration and figuring out, you know, one's visual DNA, as I like to call it, or your style. Um, I think we're all influenced by so many different things and like so many different things. And oftentimes clients will come to me and they'll say, well, I like this and this and this, I just don't know how to put it all together. And so we talk a lot about that in the book. And then um, the design part is obviously, you know, real tangible um, design advice with all of the sort of foundation of design and how to design a space successfully. And the live part is um, a little bit about entertaining and how to sort of host and share one's home with your loved ones. Mm, that's so great. I love it. Yes. And it is a hardworking little book. I love that you called it that. And then it says that you're working on a new book. Yes. Um, I am currently working on my second book, which will be published by Abrams in 2023. So we're yeah. in the midst of frantically completing projects in order to have them photographed. Um, as I'm sure you've experienced, everything is just taking longer and longer to complete. And you know, things that I anticipated would be photographed at the end of the year are still um, wrapping up, you know, or tying up those final few loose ends, those little stragglers that haven't made it in yet. But um, that is the plan and currently working simultaneously on the manuscript. So very excited to share some new exciting projects. Oh, that's awesome. Well, kudos to you. That's really hard to do, especially in the midst of also being a designer and designing homes to take a break and stop and to find ways to put it into words and to grab the pictures and it's busy. How many projects do you do a year, Paloma? Oh gosh, that's a great question. Um, per year, I haven't actually tallied, but I would say at any given moment, we're usually working on somewhere between 12 and 14. Okay. Um, and obviously, you know, that ebbs and flows as things wrap up, but most projects we work on for at minimum a year, if not you know, two years, depending on the scope. Yeah, that's great. And how big is your team? Um, we have a full-time team of five on the design side. And then we have about, I guess, 10 other people on the shop side. Cool. That's great. Yeah. One other thing I want to say is like during all this like time, when you opening up your brick and mortar and your e-commerce is I discovered you on your podcast during the, oh, yes. during COVID and during the pandemic and you were just like anxiously wanting to see and hear from people like-minded people so that was mm-hmm. awesome you had such a myriad of like top guests and I loved that, I love listening to it so that's so nice to hear thank you it was um my COVID my pandemic or quarantine passion project I would call it mm-hmm. I would love to bring it back and I meet people constantly who are like, oh, I loved your podcast. I wish you would bring it back. And I say I'm on hiatus at the moment. Um, I would love to pick it back up because it's so fun chatting with these incredible, inspiring guests and just talking shop, if you will, and hearing about how the sausage is made in somebody else's office. But uh, we're just so busy right now. And I had a baby um, eight months ago at this point, I guess she's very close to a year it flies so 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 quickly but um that just sort of you know complicated things a little bit and it was sort of the perfect time for me to work on the podcast because we were working from home at the time and I wasn't seeing people and I just had a little bit more bandwidth and of course now that things feel a little bit more normal 
that bandwidth is gone. Um, but at some point, I, I always say like, I might bring it back for like a special episode here or there. Like there's a really great opportunity to speak with somebody that I think would be super inspiring. Mm-hmm. Um, but thank you. I'm glad you tuned in and, and found it enjoyable. Yes. And congratulations on your baby. Juggling it all is hard. Yeah, for sure. A book book coming out, a podcast, lots of work being done, Kip Space Show House. And also you've got a lighting line coming out with Visual Comfort this spring. Is that right? I do. Um, I just launched a wonderful line with Visual Comfort, which is a dream come true. Uh, I guess essentially like in the fall was sort of the unofficial launch. We were supposed to launch in High Point last October and then because of COVID, they chose not to show at that market. Um, so it's just launched online recently with Circle Lighting and we will show it um, for the first time in High Point in April, which is super exciting. I'm That's so, so excited exciting. to be able to awesome. see it. Yeah. Wow. So add product designer to your resume too. That's amazing. Well, you're really yes. very busy. So thanks again for coming to chat with us. Um, as I think through, like, what would our people want to hear from Paloma Contreras? Um, we were wondering, like, how do you start with people? I'm sure you've written this in a book, so I'm sure this will come too easy. But when people are kind of stumped, I think oftentimes one of the biggest stumping points is how do I start? So when they're looking at, say, their living room or their bedroom, and they're like, who am I? What where do I even start? What do you tell your clients? Well, so, you know, I think it's different working with a client versus speaking to um, someone who's a design enthusiast. If it's a client, we have a pretty well-defined process where, you know, we work very hard at the onset of the project to get to know the client, their preferences, how they live, how they want their home to feel, because I feel like that feeling or that vibe really dictates so much of what happens from that point on um, in terms of designing the interiors Um, and we have a pretty extensive client profile where we ask all kinds of questions from you know do you prefer modern pieces new pieces do you like antiques or a mix of both Um, right down to very specific things like your favorite book your favorite textile your favorite fragrance, texture, favorite hotel or museum, all of those little things I think really serve to inform who that person is and what they're drawn to. And we can take those breadcrumbs and sort of follow the trail to figure out, you know, who, who they are and what their home should look like and feel like. Um, but for someone who's going about it solo, I think a big part of it is just sort of drowning out the external noise because we're also overloaded by inspiration continuously. I mean, all you have to do is open up Instagram on your phone and there's a flood of images um, that may be completely different from one another and we're drawn to them for whatever reason. Um, So I think a helpful exercise is maybe creating a Pinterest board or printing things out, tearing things out of magazines, even if you don't have a specific idea in mind at that moment, but then pulling that down to the things you're most drawn to and sort of just repeating that editing process until you're left with, you know, just a small assortment of the things that you love the most. And then really sort of doing some introspection about why you're drawn to those specific things and finding the commonalities. Mm. Great advice. I like that. 
Um, okay, so we want you to tell the people a little bit about what Kip Space Show House is. Uh, I know here in the Western United States, we don't have that. And mm-hmm. you've got two under your belt uh, that you've recently just completed. And it's on your Instagram. Will you give our listeners your Instagram handle one more time so they can see it there? Sure. So my design um, my design company is Paloma Contreras Design, and our handle is Paloma Contreras Design on Instagram. Easy. Okay. Yep. It's pretty easy. And you can just search my name and it'll come up. But um, yeah, Kip's Bay is incredible. It's a cause and an event that's really near and dear to my heart. I did it for the very first time in 2019, the Kip's Bay Show House in New York, which is the original version that they've now expanded to um, Palm Beach and Dallas as well to different markets. And that was sort of well, the Dallas one was born out of the pandemic, essentially, um, because restrictions in New York have been so strict, and they haven't actually had a New York show house since 2019, but I, I've heard they're bringing it back in 2022, okay. which is super exciting. But it's been around for, you know, 50 years. It is the pinnacle of um, show houses in our industry. It's sort of the creme de la creme, and if you go back through the archives, I mean, any incredible designer you can think of has done Kips Bay at some point. So doing it is a really big deal. It's a huge honor. But most importantly, um, it serves to raise funds for the Kips Bay Boys and Girls Club in the Bronx, um, which obviously you know raises money for tens of thousands of underserved children and provides programs for them. They have after-school care, access to sports, the arts, all kinds of things, meals. Um, so they do really incredible work. And I know they've partnered in those other markets in Dallas and Palm Beach with local organizations as well to raise funds for those boys and girls. So um, being that I'm a former educator, obviously children are, are near and dear to my heart. And so um, it's a really wonderful opportunity to be involved in a great cause and obviously also a wonderful opportunity for one's career to be able to really just design for oneself um, and not have the parameters of a client's taste or budget or architecture or anything. You really you know, have this challenge of looking within and creating a true expression of your style, which is actually a really big challenge um, because we typically have all of these sort of external influences that um, feed into our projects and, and what the end result is. And you couple that with a beast of a timeline. Um, you usually get about two and a half months from the time that you're asked to participate until opening night. And right. in this particular case Gosh. of Palm Beach, you couple that with you know, the pandemic and a global supply chain crisis. And um, it's not for the faint of heart, but I actually love that that part of it. I love that challenge and having sort of the satisfaction at the end of it to think, okay, guys, we pulled this off. We did it. And, you know, that feels really great. That's amazing. So did you get to, you had a sunroom in the last one, right? Did you get to pick the room or did they say we, this is, you know, this is the mission. Should you choose to accept it? We have a sunroom. Go. Well, the rooms are typically assigned. Okay. Um, so there, there's a lottery system and the rooms are usually assigned that way. And so um, I have been very lucky in my Kips Bay experiences to get really nice rooms. Okay. What room did you do in 2019 in New York? Um, it was originally a bedroom, but I sort of treated it as a lady's study. Ah. Um, so it was nice this time around having, I guess, also a living space, but 
you know, it was very different from, from the New York one. So it was nice to be able to show a variety. And then in um, Palm Beach in particular, I feel like there's such an iconic spirit and aesthetic in that particular locale. So I really wanted to honor that. And the sunroom was perfect for, you know, doing something in the Palm Beach style. Mm-hmm. Who doesn't love to live well, to be perfectly at ease in comfort and style? Hunter Douglas can help you do just that with their innovative window shade styles, gorgeous fabrics, and control systems so advanced that they can be scheduled to automatically adjust to their optimal position throughout the day. Perhaps it's the way the shades diffuse harsh light um, to cast beautiful glow across the room. That's what I love about mine. I live with the silhouettes in um, my house, and it's so beautiful. The colors um, in them look beautiful with my wall color and my drapes, and I can pump them all the way up so that you don't see them at all, and I can just enjoy the outside view, or I can lower them and change them depending on the time of day. They're beautiful. They're elegant. I put them in all the homes that we work on because it's my favorite treatment from Hunter Douglas. But they have so many others that are really amazing from top up to top down to blackout shades. You can live the very, very best ways um, in the most beautiful fabrics with Hunter Douglas. So right now for a limited time, you can take advantage of generous rebate savings opportunities on select styles. You just visit hunterdouglas.com slash dear Alice for details. Again, that's hunterdouglas.com slash dear Alice. Here's a question for you, because as we've looked at the Palm Beach room that you did, it feels very Southern, you know, as far as the wall treatment and everything. Is that pretty iconic to your personal style? And like, as you designed for yourself? Yeah, I would say so. Everything in that room is, you know, something that I genuinely love. There's a lot of elements there and things that I feel are sort of cornerstones of my particular style and I sort of executed them in a way that felt very Palm Beach but Billy Baldwin is one of my personal design heroes and so I sort of paid homage to him um, with a classic tuxedo sofa you know in the Billy Baldwin style I had a couple of um, custom slipper chairs that were also a nod to him and I also chose to keep the palette sort of minimal um so i had four fabrics i had a white glaze linen a green glaze linen a ticking stripe and this fabulous schumacher dogwood leaf pattern um and that actually i think kept the room from feeling like too traditional it gave it sort of a freshness and a crispness um i love pattern and i love color and i think so many of my colleagues use both um in sort of a riotous way and it, it looks incredible but my personal style and the way that I like to live is a little bit quieter. Um, so I don't like to go too crazy with all of that. And then, you know, there's other, other elements that I love sort of like Louis the 16th influences in the little side chair or side tables. Um, we have this fabulous coffee table that had a lacquer top and a brass bamboo detail, you know, sort of motifs that I love. Um, the lighting that I use was all for my new collection of visual comfort and that is a little bit more modern and clean lines and adds a little element of glamour. So it's all cornerstones that I love and the triage, for instance, you know, that feels a little bit more Southern or French in particular. I'm such a Francophile, but um, I wanted to execute that in a way that felt a little bit more unexpected. So rather than running it in a traditional lattice pattern, I did it in a grid, which I thought felt like sort of geometric and more clean lines and contemporary. So they're all things that I personally love. And I just sort of 
found a way to make them feel very, very Palm Beach with the color palette and some of the details throughout the space. Awesome. Well, it, it was and all the live uh, palm plants and everything else. It was mm-hmm. just a huge success and so beautiful. Um, beautiful taste as always. Um, Thank you. Okay, next question. You said that you um, one favorite source for inspiration is Billy Baldwin. Any other mm-hmm. favorites? Um, I, mean, I would say it's the most cliche answer, but travel. Um, I really feel like you don't have to go far, but just sort of changing up your regular day to day surroundings is really, really important in our field. You, I think it was Diana Vreeland who said the eye has to travel and it does you have to train your eye to see and you when you're in a different environment I mean at least for me I feel like I'm constantly picking up on different details or techniques or the color palette or just the light in a different place from what I'm used to and all of those things sort of help to energize and refresh one's design focus. That's a huge one. Um, I think also just studying the great designers of the past and revisiting, you know, some of their books. Like I love, I love looking at old design books and just looking at things that have stood the test of time or maybe a design detail that was very much in keeping with a certain era and how to maybe reinterpret that for today. Yeah. Awesome. Do you have a favorite thing that you collect in your travels? Um, I collect matchbooks. Um, I I have like bowls of them in my kitchen and that's just sort of sentimental. And like, I'll look at them sometimes and just think back on a special dinner or an event or whatever. I'm always like in shock that I'm able to get them through TSA because inevitably I always forget to take them out of my handbag Uh (laughs) and, um, they always get through security somehow. And I'm like, I probably shouldn't be bringing matches on the plane. I'm not going to do anything. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's surprising to me that like no one's ever noticed. Um, but yes, I love to uh, collect matches and also coffee table books. I have an exorbitant amount of coffee table books. You can't have too many of those. I really do no, believe I that. Agree. <laughs> They're the best accessory and... Yeah, just keeping those open um, on a mm-hmm. coffee table or anywhere you are that you can walk by and look and constantly flipping the pages from week to week are also super inspiring, I think. Oh, it's a way to travel without getting on a plane. Yeah, that's for true. Sure. Absolutely. Really great. Is there a particular design element or style that you're really into right now? I would say just because it's fresh on my mind, sort of that Palm Beach aesthetic and I'm working on a few projects in Florida. So mm-hmm. that sort of, barefoot elegance as I'm calling it these days is something that's very top of mind. Just the idea of, you know, using natural materials that are um, local to Florida, uh, sort of native materials, things like coquina stone and um, rush matting, things like that, that feel very sort of organic and indoor outdoor, but then adding something that feels a little bit sort of cheeky or, um, inspired by the past because I feel like that's so iconic and, and Floridian and Palm Beach and a little bit of glamour because people are fancy. Um, I love that. I love that too. Um, okay. Tried and true design advice. That you something that you keep finding yourself sharing with a client or telling them? I think ultimately, I mean, the number one rule of thumb is for me just to thine own self be true. You have to be true to your own style. And at the end of the day, 
you're the one living with it. So, you know, regardless of what a trend might be or what people deem to be fashionable or acceptable, if there's something that you really, really love, then you find a way to make it work. And most often than not, I mean, my clients are very trusting and I feel like if they're hiring a designer, they, they want the full experience, but every so often, you know, there's a client who brings something to the table and I might not like it, but ultimately they're the ones that have to live with it. And if they really, really are like keen on a piece of art or some like funky lamp or whatever, at the end of the day, I can make it work. And if it's really not in keeping with my style, I'll just pull it out of the frame for the photo shoot and, you know, not focus on that, that one thing that I feel is not me, but you know, I'm not the one living there. It's their home. It needs to reflect them. Yeah. That's so true. That's great. Um, let's see. The Southerners are so great at entertaining. I think you guys do it so well. Um, I think us West coasters are just so much more casual that we sometimes forget to do a napkin ring or a cloth napkin <laughs> or a placemat or this or that. Um, what would you say is your favorite entertaining essential? Um, well, I feel like you should have everything on dimmers. You want to turn the lights down and really set the mood. Um, but aside from that, just a great playlist, I think is super important. You know, that really sets the mood yeah. and sort of keeps the vibe going and um, you can sort of curate that for the different stages of the evening. Obviously that takes time, but um, I, I don't know. I'm like really inspired by music in general. So I feel like that's a, an important piece of the puzzle. Yeah, I agree. That's great. I love a playlist. I know. I love that you said music. You've talked about travel. Just all these different things I've just been picking up as we've been talking to you are what kind of gathers your inspiration, you know? And mm -hmm. as I, I don't know if anybody caught this when you talked about how you were obviously the whole idea of just like the children, the Kips Bay Boys and Girls Club mm -hmm. and everything. Um, our listeners might not know that you were a teacher and then kind of evolved into interior design. So Anyway, I just think that the whole story is fascinating. I don't know if you want to go into that. Oh, thank you. Well, it's it's um, a long story, and I'll tell it to you in a nutshell. Um, my design career, I guess my career as a whole, has really been sort of this long and winding road, and it's all come together very organically. So um, I majored in Spanish and Italian studies. Languages were my first love, and so I didn't really know what to do with that after graduating, so I taught high school Spanish for um, over a little over four years. And in that time, while I loved my profession and I loved um, foreign languages themselves and the kids, I just felt really stifled and bogged down by the profession itself. And like, as a teacher, you're sort of trapped. Like you, you have no say over your day, you know, you're, it's so regimented and there's no really room or flexibility to do anything. So I just, I always felt sort of, bogged down by the whole thing and in my last year of teaching in 2007 um I happened upon a friend's blog a friend from high school who had moved away to New York and she started this thing called a blog just just chronicle her own adventures if you will and keep her family like in the loop of what she was doing in her life and I thought okay well cool this is kind of interesting I could do that and I always loved writing and it always like um been rather creative so it didn't even start out as a design focused thing it was just a creative outlet um so I, it started as a sort of 
amalgam of random essays and then we bought our first house around the same time so I was looking for design inspiration and there wasn't much to be had there were probably I don't know a handful of design blogs at the time and the style was either like more Scandinavian or like more modern or geared towards like a Brooklyn apartment and I just wasn't finding things that inspired me so I just started to like pull inspiration from other sources and write about the things that I was coming across so it really happened very, very organically. Long story short, over time, it grew. I quit teaching. Um, I eventually went to work for Visual Comfort, the lighting manufacturer, as a director of marketing. I have no formal marketing experience, but the owner was like, you know what's happening in there. He tapped on his computer, like, do you want to do this and give this a shot? So I was with them for a few years. We launched the era collaboration while I was there. So it's really fascinating to see that side of the industry and how um, the manufacturing side and product side of the business works. And all the while, I was you know keeping up with my blog and meeting all kinds of fascinating people in the industry. Um, I've met some wonderful mentors and made some incredible friendships. And um, a few years later, in 2013, I decided I was ready to do my own thing again. I'd freelanced for a long time. And so as wonderful as that experience was working for them, I sort of was itching to do my own thing again. I feel like I'm really an entrepreneur at heart. And so I started my design business and I never looked back. Awesome. Congrats. It's scary to go out and do something like that. And I, um, when we started, we started with the store. And um, you own a store now too, which is also in its own right, somewhat scary um, to keep a showroom full of inventory and stocked and make sure the people are well-versed on what you carry. I was curious to know what has um, having a showroom taught you? Oh gosh, so many things. So that was, again, born out of something that I was just passionate about and very naturally I was traveling a lot at the time and coming across incredible like artisans and makers and artists and finding like really cool vintage and antique things in my travels and filling storage units full of them. And finally I was like, well, I should probably sell these to someone rather than just amassing things that I don't have a place for. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And it just happened. We were looking for like a bigger office space at the time. So we, we ended up finding this, sweet cottage where we were able to have a showroom and our office since then we've moved the office out because the store has grown and our team has grown so we're next door to each other now which is pretty perfect but um it's taught me so much it's taught me about um just consumer behavior which i find super fascinating it's been an opportunity to capture people that maybe aren't necessarily our design client but still love like you know my aesthetic and what i'm curating and that sort of thing and so they've become really amazing customers on that side or you know for whatever reason they may not want a designer um it's taught me a lot about just like running a team too because i feel like that part is is such a huge portion of running a store and you know i have a wonderful team that i'm so grateful for but I would say that just like managing people is maybe my least favorite part of the business, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I don't love the HR. <laughs> yeah. It's funny how yeah. you start something that's your superpower, 
but then with it is like this other end of the stick that you're like, I don't want to do that other thing that comes with it. <laughs> yeah. So then more employees are born to help do those other things. And right. yeah, I know for um, Suzanne and I, we felt like having a showroom taught us how to take risks with things that we wouldn't necessarily combine, but we always thought of it as like a design laboratory to really try things and mix and match different silhouettes and um, and of, of course it always gathers, you know, great, beautiful new projects because people are like, what is this place? And can you do that at my house? And so, yeah, it's an interesting, it's an interesting dynamic to an already busy design business. Like you have, um, obviously manufacturing and writing books and doing all the homes that you're doing each year. So, um, yeah, just a really beautiful, fully rounded, um, set of skills that you have. Paloma, it's super impressive. Um, okay, last question for you. We ask this for every guest that comes on the podcast, and that is, how do you define luxury? Oh, well, I think the ultimate luxury is time because it's so finite and we all want more of it, but we can't get it. And so I think, you know, I'm currently on a journey to try to figure out this sort of fleeting fallacy that they call balance um you know having two businesses and now having baby is challenging because both sides of my life both of these parts of my life my personal and professional lives are so intertwined and they're both so important to me and I also had my daughter older and so I sort of George Clooney'd myself in the sense that like my life is established and I've got to figure out how to like fit this precious little angel of a human being into all of that and sort of learning as I go, but it's really, really hard. You know, I I have to figure out how to say no to more things because I want to please. And my inclination is to want to help everybody, but I'm realizing that by saying yes to other things, I'm, you know, having to sacrifice personal time. So um, time to me is the ultimate luxury. And I think aside from that, it's comfort and attention to detail. It doesn't necessarily mean that it's, anything fancy or expensive, but just how many things that feel really comfortable and really tailored to you, you know, really custom to you. Yeah. That's such a beautiful answer. I wholeheartedly agree. Uh, So well-spoken. Thank you so much for joining us, Paloma. You're just beautiful. And I think so beautifully well-rounded and um, just as normal as anybody else is, just extra super talented. So um, congratulations for all the hard work that you're doing and um, doing it so beautifully. Obviously, you have a lot of people that are taking notice of the work that you and your team are doing. And we're just happy to get to spend this time with you. Thank you, guys. It's so, so nice of you to say. And um, I, I feel the same. Obviously, you girls have some amazing things happening and are so incredibly talented. And I'm so thankful for this time that we have together thank you for having me yes of course um thanks everybody for listening and we will catch you next time who doesn't love to live well to be perfectly at ease in comfort and style hunter douglas can help you do just that with their innovative window shade designs gorgeous fabrics and control systems so advanced that they can be scheduled to automatically adjust to their optimal position throughout the day And right now, for a limited time, you can take advantage of the generous rebate savings opportunities on select styles. Visit HunterDouglas.com slash Dear Alice for details. That's HunterDouglas.com slash Dear Alice.
Thanks for listening. If you like our show, please leave a five-star rating. 